This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, it's Hedley Nicklow and I play Kathy Perks. And I just had to come out and say, wow, this is the 200th podcast of Dumpty Dum. Well, of course, I couldn't keep quiet anymore. I had to break free. I, I am free and I'm here to say, fantastic. It, they are so good and they are such fun and they are great fun to do. So, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dumpty 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 this podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. If you're listening to this podcast, and you are, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. It's not just a techie utility device, but also a stylish accessory. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality, and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design-orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasizing sleek, modern Scandinavian design. They've created a product that matches the quality of even the highest rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. Oh, and they make the perfect gift for Christmas. Oh, crumbs, folks. This has been a fraught start to our 200th episode of Dumpty Dum. Lucy, why do we put ourselves through this? I don't know. 200 times we put ourselves through Well, the... The fiftieth live show was yep. somewhat of a of a train wreck. It certainly uh, was. The hundredth like pile up on the hard shoulder. <laughs> absolutely. On on the hundredth, we went live at the, the BBC uh, studio, um, and I had a deep existential look into my soul half an hour before we went on air. I I, I was a spent man before we even started. But here we are, you Lucy. We've done you were listening to the football results, you liar. I was lying. I was lying. I was feeling worthless, Lucy. I felt like a fraud. I felt I felt to myself that there are many other more worthy Archers fans that should be hosting this thing. Why are you telling me this in the middle of the 200th episode? <laughs> <laughs> when it actually happened, you maniac. Folks, should I we just know. get on with the show? Sorry. It wasn't yes, one. right. Hello, Robert. <laughs> Hello. Now, folks, this is our 200th episode of Dumpty Dum. I am the little tiny embro that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the slightly weary feeling that is Robert Wilson. And the last part of Pip's pregnancy pantomime, folks, is you. Now, Lucy. Yes. Yeah, that's my bit. It's in Hang blue. On, we this week's Dumpty Dum is from Nicola Headlam. 
and Lucy, if somebody <laughs> would like to join uh, Nicola in being one of these stalwart dum de dum sender inner type people, how can they do that? Um, if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum, leave us a plot prediction. <laughs> if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum, leave us a plot prediction, or ask the one person in the village who expressly said they did not want to be in the pantomime to be in the pantomime. Then moan your head off about it. Call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs. Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the loan for the two hundredth loan of the back bedroom. Derek is also celebrating a milestone this week. He's been awarded longest serving member of Pornhub. Um, it was a close <laughs> run thing. As, uh, someone else is very close to winning, but Derek me, beat him off. <laughs> oh, well done, you. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have views from. Dusty Substances, who loves Kathy. Blythe Spirit, who thinks Jenny's gone mad. Gore Blimey, whose head's exploded. And Vicky Cole, who has a baby-shaped plot prediction. But first, let's brace ourselves for Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. We started the week with Alice trying to throw herself down the stairs rather than face the lower middle class seasonal joy that is Christmas at Ambridge View with Susan. <laughs> the festive period at Ambridge View consists of 48 hours of Susan shouting, don't put that down there! Doilies and coasters everywhere, everyone padding around ostentatiously in their socks because she will not have outside shoes inside. The heating will be on so high everyone will feel a bit sick and the turkey will be cooked using any method, however tasteless the result, that does not mess up the oven. However, Alice has agreed to go, and as a leave supporter, I'm sure she won't be regretting a foolish decision made in a hurry without fully understanding the ramifications of what she'd agreed to until it's too late, (laughs) will she? Ian has gone completely barking mad, utterly, utterly batshit. He was shouting, I can smash this at Lexi in the middle of this. (laughs) And was banging on about making coffee-crusted steak. Coffee-crusted steak steak that's actually what happens when you knock your dinner into the recycling bin by mistake fish it out and give it a rinse quick before anyone notices i mean if they're trying to adopt one glance at that menu alone would put him absolutely in the category of security ian i know adam is enough to try the patience of a saint but for the love of god just bloody calm down you're making me feel tired Johnny had a rare moment of philosophical pessimism isn't thinking brilliant he suddenly realized that his unique skills namely shouting and whacking a cricket ball really, really hard, will not be any use when our robot overlords are in charge of all the farms. They'll still need highly trained people to operate machinery, Johnny, said Adam, and if they can't find them, they'll have to turn to cretins like you. (laughs) (laughs) Rex slipped Sabrina Thwaite something along with her turkey, which pissed Eddie right off as he had her down for a tumble tussock. Eddie, that woman's tussock's been tumbled more times in an underwired bra trapped in a washer dryer. You stand no chance. Lillian is still in a state of... Yeah, uh, I was going to say denial, but it's more like catatonia. Elizabeth trotted round there with her Kath Kidston clipboard to ask tactfully if the wedding was actually going ahead. Oh, I don't know, but just order a shitload of booze anyway, darling. I'm sure we'll find a use for it, said Lillian, painting nail varnish on her eyebrows. She then woke up a bit and thought she may have lost Justin. But no, she checked in the inside pocket of her handbag and there he was, covered in bits of lint with a fag butt stuck to the side of his head. She had a bit of a breakdown in front of Brian, who completely panicked and decided to treat her like a gun dog as he knows where he is with them. He patted her for a bit, shouted, sit down, and then said, there's a good girl. Lillian rolled over, but he refused to tickle her tummy. She'd rolled in something earlier. He then proceeded to adopt the same tactics with Justin, talking to him encouragingly and then going, then saying, go and get her. Go on. Go and get her. Who's a clever boy? Give it a week and they'll be rogering each other on the green while people stand around watching fondly holding dog leads and saying, goodness, they do seem to be getting on well, don't they? It's only dominance, though, you know. Councillor Emma Grundy Grundy Thomas Hardy, who's a councillor, you know, went off for her first parish council meeting. (laughs) The first question was from Mrs Linda Snell, who asked, but what about her emails? 
Jenny, who is continuing her rapid descent into <laughs> cheerful sociopaths, said brightly, actually, there were lots of people who wanted to run Matt Crawford over. I mean, I could easily have done it myself. Why are you looking at me like that, Brian? Brian decided to take a leaf out of his wife's book, have half a shandy and start telling everyone secrets. When I say everyone's, I mean Lillian, but she has 17 secrets to every normal person's one. So he steadily yeah. recounted Lillian does lower Loxley to an open-mouthed <gasps> Jenny, but not as open-mouthed as Lillian had been. So Jennifer is now trying to adjust to a sister who's worked her way through every semi-sentient solvent silver back in Borsetshire in London, including family members. My God, I bet Jenny's wondering why she spent all that time pissing about with her Albion while she could have been getting her end away with the whole of the Penny Hassett second eleven. And now to Pip. You could not make this up. How thrilled David is going to be to discover that his firstborn is up the clanger to an itinerant goose herder and moonshine peddler. It's what every father wants for his daughter, surely. She's a bit vomity and a bit tired and a bit ratty and a bit pregnant. That'll be that time her and Toby went at it when he was fixing his car in the yard, won't it? He had no protection with him. So he just hoped a locking wheel nut would do the job, but clearly not. One squirt of Toby's WD-40 and she's going to be the only woman in the world to have a child that at birth is already more mature than both its parents. Right, the Christmas show. I know we're all gagging to hear about that. Alan's doing mm -hmm. it. Linda said she'll be in the cast. And really, she's just sitting back and letting him get on with it. No, of course she's not. She's interfering in bossy and everyone wants to kill her and it's business as usual. How could we ever have thought it might be different? So what do we need to tick off next? The threatened walkout, the realisation that someone has not done something vital at the last minute, the group hug that comes along with the let's just all pull together, and eventually the sound of the massed voices of an Ambridge audience shouting, for Christ's sake, this is shite, I could be at home watching the Christmas Strictly. And that, ladies and gentlemen, for the 200th time, is the end. Bravo. <laughs> well done. Um, I think I can speak for Robert here when I say we really enjoyed that this week. Well yes. done, you, Freeman. It's the best thing I've heard in the last 25 minutes odd. anyway. <laughs> Somebody said to me that one of the most difficult things about having a threesome is the coordination and the timing, and I'm beginning to see exactly <laughs> what they mean. <laughs> well, we tried to go one better. We tried to have a foursome, didn't I we? Know, and absolutely And someone's always got know, hands full as well. Dear listener. <laughs> mm. Dear listener, um, <laughs> by the time this has been edited, it will be one a, a, a wonderfully slick and professional dum de dum. You will not realise the utter panic, and you know, just Stress. like my hair is Dreaming on fire, <laughs> yeah, uh, which went on for the preceding twenty minutes before we we bailed on on the live broadcast. Um, if, if only you knew. But anyway, less about us. Let's talk about the world of Ambridge. What do you reckon to it last week, there, Robert? Well, do you know what? I I just thought, oh, God, not another baby story. I'm sick of bloody kids. Uh, so you've got, you've got people talking to their children. So people talking to their teenage children stresses me out. I mean, I, maybe it appeals to people who've got teenage children because they can recognise something in it. But to me, it's just, oh, it's just, it just... What do you mean it stresses you out? I don't know. I just think, oh, thank God I don't have to do that. Oh, I see. Mm. And then so you should of... get a vicarious joy from it, then, to think, "Hooray, it's not me." Oh yes, that's exactly. a positive way of looking at it. Thank you. <laughs> and um... that's <laughs> sunshine. And then available. yet another pregnancy story. Will she? Won't she keep it? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I do think. I do think that we've had a whole load of pregnancies recently. You know, wh whether you're, you're up for kids or not. It does feel like um, a somewhat of an easy recurring lazy trope. Um, however, um, that's just me looking at this from you know thirty thirty thousand feet upwards, just looking down on, on the village of Ambridge. But if we are going to be having um, if we are going to be having two of our major characters uh, rolling around in Lower Loxley and at Rickyard. Uh, and they're all of that age, so to speak. I suppose this is an occupational hazard, and I'm kind of mixing every kind of metaphor <laughs> there. But you know, they're they, they're young and they're fit and they're healthy, so there's going to be a certain amount of close shaves and and an actual uh, goal scored, so to speak. I don't know, but it just felt a bit oh, you know. I actually, well, I guess we had the we had the Phoebe yeah. storyline, the Phoebe issue pregnant storyline, didn't we? Yep. 
And then yep. we've got the Adam and Ian pregnancy, you know, adoption, blah, blah, blah. And, we've, and, and we've now had this Kirstie. one. And we've and had Kirstie. Yeah, and now yeah, this one. It, just, it does feel like it's um, uh, revolving doors. You know, yeah. it's just same old, same old. Okay, there's a diff- slightly different spin on it each time, but it's a lot of the same, you know, a, a lot fun- fundamentally the same storyline. And you'd, you'd almost think that this is kind of in between editorships you know that one editor has picked up uh and one has kind of dropped the ball and and actually that's the reason why we have these kind of concurrent storylines which are kind of all the same but Mm. it's the same editor which is the peculiar Mm. i think they have a big red panic button which is a make someone get pregnant button when they've run out of things to do i mean it's what people it's what people in relationships do when they get bored and they've run out of things to say they Go and shag and have a baby, don't they? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously none of your ex-partners have ever got bored, Robert. I'm pleading the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, that's... Oh, dear. <laughs> um, what do you think? Because immediately social mm. media went, whoosh, obviously she's going to have the baby and give it to Adam and Ian. Rather like, I've I've had an extra Amazon parcel. Would you like it? You know what I mean. I got two copies of this book. Would you like the spare one? I can't really see why she'd put herself through that. No, and legally, can you just give a baby away to two idiots? No, <laughs> no. And well, as Royford keeps saying, particularly idiots that live like two hundred yards away, that also yes. wouldn't work. Mm, so no. yeah, I can't see. And also, Adam's a relative. Adam's her cousin, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't. No, 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 no. I can't see that happening. Because we something... thought Kirsty was going to have it at first, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Then Lexi. Yeah, I think it's going to be Lillian, isn't it? I mean, that's the the opposite. Or all the all the bloody Gosh, Ruby, the dog. Trooper. They should just get a dog <laughs> and have done with it. I mean, yeah. hmm. <sighs> should we do the caller in as chaps? Go on. Yes, I, I, I think we should. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who's first? I've got absolutely no idea who is first. All right, you know uh, what? Substances. <laughs> okay. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here. The wrong sort of listener. Uh, just a couple of things, really. Um, first of all, I'm thrilled to bits that Headley is going to be on a couple of Dumdy Nums upcoming. I thought her portrayal of Kathy was marvellous, and particularly um, in the aftermath of the rape. Um, and, and in fact, the lead up to it as well, I just thought she played an absolute blinder. I really loved it. Um, and she was also very nice if you ever rang Archer's Addicts to order... Um, a book or something like that she often answered the phone herself so um wow excellent and she needs to be back in ambridge i think um the other point i was going to make was about linda um linda gets a really hard time from a lot of listeners no, uh, no. well people uh, usually <laughs> do say what a, a wonderful portrayal it is um i I love Linda, the character, but I think she, like possibly so many other characters, are very badly served by storylines, very inconsistent. Linda is the most hardworking, public-spirited, community-minded, warm-hearted person in the world. And then we get an episode where she's a complete trout. And I do wish (laughs) it would sort of get sorted out, to be honest, Um, a little bit less polar opposites uh rather you know let's let's have a little bit of light and shade but not these polar opposites they don't really work anyway that is it i shall look forward to hearing headley on the uh dum-de-dums uh love to everyone bye. and speak soon bye 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 uh, can i just quickly say something because yeah. i made a fundamental error last week uh i said on last week's show that nothing at all happened in Ambridge last week. And very obviously there was Emma's election onto the Paris Council. And somehow that kind of escaped me. 
But because I did an election special show, because Millie Bell with the Spoon and Yokel Bear did some election recording and very nicely said to me, oh, would I mind putting it out? I actually had to listen to that election episode again. It's brilliant. It's, it was, mm. it was, it was great, wasn't it? Comic gold. Uh, it was really yep. the, the line about uh, making cups of tea for all the councillors. There was, there was so much there that I, I am so sorry. I Who was, did Jim walk in on the toilet? Uh, no, Linda. He walked in. He walked into the the, the women's toilets, okay. didn't he? Because Emma was in there, and he had to go and tell Emma that she'd actually won. And then Linda walked in afterwards. But it was just a great episode. It was so well written. There was so much character interplay, and I'm so sorry to the scriptwriting gods in Ambridge that I said that nothing at all happened in our, in, in Ambridge last week. So now I'm just holding my hands up to that. As you were over to you, pair. Uh, compare and contrast and discuss what Dusty said. Thank you. Well, I, it, I, Kathy is one of the first characters I remember having a big storyline, and I do remember that big storyline. Um, and Kathy turned from someone that had to exhibit great strength, as far as I could see, to, to, to face a, a legal trial. And I've been, as a, as a witness, and I've been a witness in a trial, but you know, far less harrowing than that, and I wasn't the victim of the crime. So I know that, that that's quite a character-building thing. And, um, yeah, that, that's the big story I remember from uh, from Headley's uh, playing of Kathy. But then it all got... Then she got a, the, all the Kenton thing, and I felt very sad for her. Mm. I don't know. So those are my I think two... she had a really... I think she and had then a really... Martin Gibson! Because I hate Martin Gibson. Yeah. Sorry. But, but also, as a, as, as a wife... How are you supposed to follow Jolene? You know, oh, Jolene God. swept in on Sid Perks like a sort of a, a tinsel-covered hurricane and, you know, had his <laughs> head banged up against the shower panels and the poor bugger didn't know what was going on. And, you know, and then compare that with Kathy, who's sort of shouting, don't forget the milk from the other room. You know, mm. you've got to think, oh, God, you're not doing yourself any favours here, Kathy. But it's, yeah, she it, it was that was a really, really tough she was they were trying to make a point weren't they about about the sort of the glamour of affairs and how 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 wives can ever sort of um compete especially when it's somebody like like jolene who's just sort of sex on legs and um i I always feel that kathy got something of a sort of a raw deal all around then she ended up living with bloody jamie who's you know and then she had kenton who's you know man child and it's sort of uh, yeah, she's she she really does deserve something nice and good and and sort of um, splendid that would make other people envious a little bit. That's what she does. So rather than being poor old Kathy, she wants something that's a bit and to cap it all. Bloody Pat's her best friend. <laughs> she can't even get away with it by having a laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always thought that Kenton and Kathy were not a believable match, if the truth be known. That because he is that man child, as you said, Lucy, he's Mr. Fun. And whatever Kathy is, she's not fun, just whatever she is. Uh, and, and I thought that the way that they broke up was very believable and actually really touching because neither of them could really recover from the rape, mm. could they? Neither no. of them could. That Kenton. Through all of his faults that, you know, we, we, we throw on him and him being, being a man boy and, and, and whatever. Actually, he tried to be incredibly supportive and sympathetic, but he just couldn't reach her and she could not be reached because of what she'd gone through. And so I thought that the way that they slowly drifted apart and the fact that she was holding on to this horrible, terrible secret for, I think, about a year. She didn't tell him first off for a long time what had happened. Uh, it was just brilliantly played. And it was very believable the way that, you know, this thing that came between them for them then to um, spin apart, which happened over a period of time. But I never really believed them in the first place, if the truth be known. You know, Kenton and... Uh, uh, Kenton and his, and his current missus makes a whole lot, and Jolie makes a whole lot more sense yeah. than yeah. ever Kenton and Kathy ever did. Yeah, you know? yeah. <sighs> oh, should we do Nicola Headlam now? Yes. Oh, let 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 let's do her. 
and then I will go something like this on a button. Hello, Dentry Jam. This is Nicola Headlam here uh, of Academic Archers. Second time caller winnerer. I called in last time to say that someone was going to get run over. I just wanted to say that not only do I think that this ill-judged reuniting of Pip and Toby was for the purposes of a fair brother Brookfield baby and that Pip is pregnant by Toby but also I was thinking that through and I think poor old Kirsty has been used again as collateral damage in a storyline about archers so if we all agreed that her wedding to Tom was disrupted in or and she disappeared in order that Rob could operate relatively unsurveilled in his controlling, uh, increasingly coercive control of Helen. I think her miscarriage and um, all of that with Tom, actually, they realised they couldn't have all the kind of main next generation archers having legitimate children again. So I think, I think that Pip is up the duff. And I think that Kirsty's miscarriage was said that not everybody was from the wrong side of the blanket, as it were. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, I didn't realise there were so many bastards in the Archer family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there we are. Um, So that will be a fair fair brethren baby at Brookfield. No. That'll finish off... um, uh, Jill and David. Finish off Jill completely, won't it? Yeah. Do we actually think she's going to go through and, and have the have the little one? No, no, I don't think so either. She's expressed zero interest in having a child. Mm. We haven't, you know, she hasn't talked about it. She hasn't mentioned it. She hasn't shown any interest in anyone else's baby. You know, how old is she? What, 26, 27 maybe? Yeah, it, no, far too happen. young. She's got a she's got a, mm. a farm to look after. She's more interested in carving. Than, uh, than having her own children, isn't she? And quite sensibly, I don't know yes. any woman in her position, single, uh, with a, a, an agricultural career and, you know, very headstrong, et cetera, that would, and shown no interest in children before. I don't know anyone that would believably say, oh, well, I'm, I've got pregnant. I'll oh, well, I might yeah. as well, yeah. She's not religious enough. in any way, so perhaps that doesn't come into it, I guess. I don't know. No. No, 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 no. And also she's just got things sorted out with Toby. So why would she want to wade in and mess it all up? Yeah. No, not going to happen. Blythe Spirit now. Hello, Dumpty Dump, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, it's Wednesday, so I haven't listened to all the episodes this week yet. But to be honest, Jenny's culinary concoction alongside Ian's, my God, what on earth, what was going on there, have completely stopped me in my tracks. Can we just take a moment to think about this? Chocolate, pear, tiramisu, trifle. I'm going to say (laughs) that again. Chocolate, pear, tiramisu, trifle. Now, in what bizarre brain mash did Jenny actually come up with this? Did she accidentally stick the wrong pages of some cookery books together and come up with this abomination? Now... Right as an editor, I'm not taken in by this. I know you've done this deliberately. You're expecting Radio 4 listeners, educated as we are around food, to be up in arms over it. Now, I'm not going there, but can I just say, from Italian perspective, because Italy is the land of my father's, that messing around with such a traditional recipe, even though it is comparatively modern, it was only invented in the 1960s, it's still an Italian classic. Please don't mess around with it. Chocolate pear tiramisu trifle? No. Chocolate and pear, wonderful combination, absolutely classic. We all love trifle in Britain, but please take tiramisu out of the equation. Now, I don't really want to get heavy over this, you know. It'd be incredibly boring to mention the fact that two of my godfathers are actually Sicilian, wouldn't it? But I think I'll just leave that there. Anyway, I hope everyone is well out there in Dumpty Dum land and hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers now. Bye. <laughs> Do you think she had something against chocolate and pear tiramisu? 
Mm. But the thing is, they're all nice things, just not together. Yeah. Pear is nice. Chocolate is nice. Tiramisu is nice. Trifle is nice. All of it together, no. Fair enough. It's like coffee and steak. The two should not be <laughs> crusted together. No. I used to work in a in a horrible, horrible, horrible office near Sheffield, and there was a hot drinks machine, and you could um, uh, the options were hot, hot chocolate, mm. coffee, uh, or soup. Oxtail soup that came out of this machine. Everything yeah. tastes like oxtail soup when it comes out of those machines, doesn't it? Yeah, and and we just started calling it hot chocolate coffee soup because that's basically what it was that you ended up with. Whatever you put in, you got hot chocolate coffee soup. So that's kind of like pear chocolate trifle. See, that reminds me of when I used to go really for like swimming it. lessons, which were wasted on me because I swim like a brick. Uh, uh, we used to go for swimming lessons at Featherston Swimming Baths in Yorkshire, and it was and, and it was a, a Victorian mm. swimming pool in the middle of a. a a knocked down slum so they'd knocked down all the two up two downs and then there was just this swimming pool in the middle obviously it wasn't open air but uh, and i remember we would go on a bus and it was three to a seat remember when you went on a bus at school and they made you sit three to a seat of two which you wouldn't get away with these days yes and we would have as a treat a hot chocolate and I would get the whipped version. You could whip it up, which essentially was, it didn't add cream to it. It just meant, I think they you violently shook the machine to get it whipped up. And I think it was something like three or four pence to get a hot chocolate. And that's just... Pence? Yes. Well, it was 1970... Oh. Yeah. When I was, I learned to swim when I was about seven or eight. So it would have been 1978, just before Thatcher came to power. It all went downhill from then on, really, didn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's got bugger all to do with the archers. I do apologise. <laughs> um, so, Royfield, it's time for your hot chocolate anecdote. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Str- hot I'm chocolate anecdote music. My, my, my grandma and grandpa used to have Milo, which isn't quite the same thing, but it's quite. Oh, similar. that's like malted, isn't it? Yeah, malted chocolate. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was their thing in the big green tin. That was their thing. Uh, Milo, big in Jamaica. They came over here, realised you could still get it and whatever. And that's what I remember. And having a bit of Milo going around to grandma and grandpa's made up for all the seven-day Adventist fundamental Christian stuff that was thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my anecdote. Now, um, Man, it must be good stuff if it made up for an entire childhood full of seven-day Adventism. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it, it's, a, it's amazing stuff. You know, <laughs> you'd have to sit through six hours worth of church on a Saturday to get to the Milo after Starsky and Hutch. But yeah, it, it, you did feel like somewhat it was worth it at the end of the day, at the end of the a long, hard day, listening to old, dreary West Indians sing every hymn that they could possibly think of in exactly the same way. But anyway, um, we've done Dusty, we've done Blythe Spirit, and we've done all, we've done all our caller inners already, haven't we, Lucy? We have, but we do have some emailer inners. Mm. Vicky Cole, uh, the dreaded Pip is pregnant with Toby's baby. What awful genes. If she decides to keep the baby, the obvious storyline is for Pat is for Adam and Ian to adopt it, though that would add to the poor little duck's troubles, especially if the parentage was somehow kept quiet. And down the line, the poor little duck ended up falling in love <gasps> unbeknownst with a half-sibling. Too fanciful. Yes. Yes, Vicky. Far too fanciful. If she doesn't keep it and then Adam and Ian find out, there will be a whole host of opportunities for dramatic whining from Adam, reminiscent of when Elizabeth terminated the baby that Shula was desperate to adopt. I remember this. <laughs> oh, dear. Good luck with the live show. And many congratulations on getting to 200. Yes, let's skip the good luck with the live show business. And we'll just, we'll just take the congratulations, Vicky. Thank you very much. Um, just whilst we're here, because we have forgotten all about Brighton, haven't we? Yeah. And obviously yeah. this is somehow connected to Brighton or at least um Toby's reaction is going to have you know Brighton-esque um ramifications what do we think you know a year since we've heard anything about that about that lovely seaside town what do we actually think went on in Brighton I don't think it's true I think what he said was true yeah now we've got to know him a bit more I believe him he doesn't have the brains to make up Um, anything more complicated than that does he no 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 and he's not he's not necessarily devious in any way. He's just a bit of a player. 
a bit feckless, a bit selfish, likes gin too much. Remind you of anyone? <laughs> I was, that was, I was, just, you know I was like half a breath away I from that. so quiet then. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Uh, is there another? Is there another emailer in there? Yeah. Can I can I ask you, chaps? Mm. As 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 mm-hmm. as chaps of a certain age, do you look at Toby and think, "Yep, I recognise that"? No, because I was a, a pathetic <laughs> specimen of a man then, as I am now. So no, I was never like that. No, I was a, I was a shrinking violet. I this this. Okay, would you have liked to have been a bit like that? I'd like to have been halfway between what I am now and what he is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Lucy, so you're saying that you see a lot of Toby in Robert and I. Is that what you're getting at here? No, not at all. It's just when you, because I said what I, or you, Robert just said what he said about, about um, hmm. you, you know, what Toby is like. And then you both sort of chuckled reminiscently and both went a bit uncomfortable. So I just wondered no, if there was an element. No, no, no. I wasn't uncomfortable. I was very As was I. I was just taking the mickey out of right. myself a little bit. That's all. I'm not at all like that. But, you know, okay. I've, got a, I've got a persona. To... I would... But Royfield, I think you slightly were. Mm, I don't know about that. But what I would say, though, is that I wouldn't see myself has been Toby-esque because with Toby uh, there's a certain amount of uh, entitlement uh, which comes kind of bundled up with him and stuff which is something which I've never really ever you know identified with no Um, you know so that whole kind of middle class but the the thing about you know you having the two girlfriends and and then them going to the party together and you know, you breezing back in and going, how was the party? And they're going, fine. And then you realising that they'd met. That could be a Toby storyline, couldn't it? Who, who, had, who had two girlfriends? Sorry? You. Okay, me. Right. So. Um, I'm more like Rhett. Yes. For the record. But, you know, I, I, but I was 22. I was 22 at the time. You know. Yeah, exactly. So why are we so hard on Toby? I'm when not. Really I'm you, not. You were... I'm not. Well, no, and if you, you... you've described him of many as many things before. Yeah, but you know, I very clearly said absolutely ages ago, he's not a bad bloke, and actually, whatever he is, he's, his feelings for Pip are completely, and utterly genuine. Yes, they are, and and that was and that was before you know he you know basically said that he loved it. It was the way that he acted because he was a bit of a player. And okay, all right, Lucy. So what you're saying is, right, Royfield, uh, in your past, you've been, you know, you've had a little bit of form, so to speak. And yes, I I looked back into my past and and saw some of my own behaviour maybe reflected in Toby and I thought, aye, aye, yes, that is, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, Lucy. This is not (laughs) walkie-talkie, Lucy. This is dumpty dum. This is <laughs> yes, you've pulled it out of me. <laughs> oh, it was painful, but the extraction was done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was that was another me a long time ago. But yeah, I could recognise the fact that somebody can could be a little bit cavalier with how they've treated people emotionally, and, and think that they're actually doing no wrong. They think that they're just having fun, in inverted commas. But he'd come up against um, a woman who actually he truly liked. And his reputation somewhat got in the way um, in terms of um, not just with her family, but then with the village, but also with us as the listeners. And people couldn't see past the fact that actually he wasn't um, philandering anymore. And in his own way, he was being as faithful and as committed as he could actually be. And that is, I'm not going off with anybody else. Was he feckless with money? Yes. Was he um, not that serious to do with um, a whole load of other issues? Absolutely. Is he the ideal partner for Pip? Probably not. But actually, Toby Fairbrother was in love with Pip Archer. And that was just Mm self-evidently obvious from the start. Yeah, absolutely right. And Albie... Or Alfie, Alfie, isn't it? Alfie, we're never going to meet him, are we? 
as soon as he finds out that she's no. gone to the, the clinic. Ah, well, can I quickly do Gore Blimey's um, email because um, he or she right. says much the same thing. He says, or she says, first of all, listen to Alison and Alan... Alan and PC Carpet Burns having a conversation. I don't think I've been so baffled in ages. Thank goodness Dr. Locke didn't join in too. Because I think my brain was exploding <laughs> concentration trying to figure out which of them were saying what. Secondly, Pip pregnant. Could this mean a new baby pops up in Ambridge just at the same time Adam and Ian are on the lookout for one? Blah, blah, blah. I really hope we don't get a soapy who's the real daddy plot line. My prediction is that the perfect, yet surprisingly silent, Alfie will hear the news, take his chiselled looks and washboard abs and run, leaving Toby to finally grow up, take responsibility, win over Pip and settle down with her and the baby, putting an end to all their on, off, on, off nonsense at last. Come on, we all know they're going to end up together in the end anyway. And finally, Lillian stopped begging at Justin's feet long enough to tell Brian she'd give anything to get him back. As she's already parted with her self-respect, dignity, <laughs> house, I'm not sure what else there is. But as I've said before, the wedding date is too perfectly timed for a big Christmas episode for it not to go ahead. So we'll wait and see. Anyway, congratulations, and I'm looking forward to the next 200. Well, I think he's got a, a point there. And I've been slowly coming around to the idea that this big wedding is going to happen. You heard, you heard Justin start to, you know, start to doubt himself there, start yeah. to come around to the the fact that he's missing Lillian and he can't live without her, apparently. So I think it's going to go ahead. I wish I'd put money on it now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. You know, that whole Brian, what shall I do, uh, you know, scene. Yeah, he, he's it, it's going to happen. Yes, I and I, I, for one, will have the Kleenex at the ready. And to dab my eyes. Mm. I also so often is the case. Oh, you're so horrible! <laughs> no, I'm desperate to have a wee. I'm desperate to have a wee now. You know we've what? Been around for so long, and I'm I'm now starting to I'm now starting to eye the empty wine bottle in in the in the. In the, in the... Oh God! Robert's leaking. Robert's leaking. Everybody. All right. Well, uh, that's probably the opportune time for us to uh, have a commercial break. All right. I'll run. Go run, run. Robert. Run. Go. Freeman, you're fucking evil, you are. Right, you have just completely wiped the floor with Robert and I, right? And we don't have the where for all to come back at you with anything because you're so blooming, you hold your cards close, so close to your chest. Well, you said you wanted to go on. Yeah, that's walkie talkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only but my mother's listening. <laughs> my mum doesn't know about bloody walkie talkie. <laughs> oh god <laughs> but when you said what, what you said about like tobin could you see could any of you gentlemen see yourselves in that i so <laughs> thought you were talking about robert i was <laughs> i'm off the hook here <laughs> do you know i was talking about robert initially but when you went quiet i thought hello what are you hiding so i thought it was worth a little probe <laughs> i hate you <laughs> you don't you love me and that's why i've been doing this for 200 years no that that is true i do I, i've got big love for you hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What? Hello. I'm back. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well... Tell you what, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad I didn't go for the, the wine bottle option because I would have needed a Jeroboam. There are not many podcasts in which you get on air weeing. Really right, and that's not just the opening mm, at the top. I'm talking yes. about the volume. Yeah. <laughs> should we carry on? I, I think we, yes. I, th- I think we should. I think we should, and it's that time that we head over to to the West Country to Bristol with a little bit of a social media roundup from our yokel bear. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the 200th episode. Oh my God, we made it to 200. It's amazing. So huge congratulations to Royfield and Lucy and Naked Fingers and all the guest um, presenters like Angela Barnes and all the others. Um, Plus, of course, my fellow social media compatriots, Millie Bell and Witherspoon. Uh, But most of all, huge thank you to you, the social media posters, um, posting on the forum, posting on the Facebook page and making this all happen. So what's been going on this week? Well, we started the week um, on the Book of Face, um, talking about Brexit, because remember we had that that kind of thing that just seemed to be inserted about the debate over Brexit. Um, And we're wondering how people felt about that. Um, Louise Campbell said, um, she thinks it's inevitable, it's be covered as farming will be massively affected for better or worse, depending on your view. Um, Yeah, I think it it has to be covered. You can't really do it. But a lot of um, posters were saying that it felt a little bit forced. It felt a little bit artificial. Valerie Bayliss says, the problem is the BBC need to be balanced. And it seems in each episode, it re- it makes it really feel artificial. Do you get 23 seconds for, 23 seconds against? Um, yeah, I kind of thought that as well a little bit. Um other things that we were talking about on Facebook, I asked a question on Thursday, though we found out by the end of the week what was going on. Uh, why is Pip dragging her heels moving back to Rickyard's cottage? Um, Sophie Holford said it's because she's an adult and doesn't want to be living 20 feet from her irritating, nosy and frankly creepy parents. Um yeah, I think you've got a point there. Luke Hannington um, kind of echoed that when he said, um, because her parents are getting really weirdly clingy. Yeah, they are a bit. They're a bit creepy parents, aren't they? Um, also, a lot of people were speculating that it might be undiagnosed diabetes. And I tell you what, as somebody who has diabetes myself, um, yeah, it was. I, I was thinking that, thinking, God, yeah, this is kind of the symptoms I had. Um, but of course they all fooled us, didn't they? But a lot of people, um, to name but a few, Janice Pope, Sarah Hill, um, Barbara Danielson and Helen Short all said they were convinced it was diabetes. But actually, um, Charlotte Foster came closest, but not quite, when she, um, she said, I thought she might be prego, but I'm also convinced Phoebe is going to rock up at Christmas up the duff by Constantine and announce she's giving the baby to Ian and Adam. Um, that test she did was really far too early. Uh, yeah, I guess you get half a prize there, Charlotte, because I think you got it half right. Somebody is pregnant, but it's not Phoebe. Um, we also had a post about Christmas predictions because it's, it's uh, the big day's almost a month away, isn't it? So what? Um, What's going to happen over Christmas? Um, here are some, we had loads of replies on this one. Here are ones that caught my eye. Joanne Smith said, Christmas dinner at home farm is interrupted when the local copper stops by to arrest Nola Tandu for, for drug dealing drugs. Um, yeah, is a mushrooms a class A? I don't know. Um, Paul Green said, someone buys Freddie a one-way ticket to somewhere that doesn't do return flights. That was quite a popular post, actually. Yeah, he's been a annoying little brat this week. Um, who else? Um, oh, yes, Miss Pumpkin Purple had one that I think really should happen. I'd love this. Debbie comes back with Docky Lockie in tow. They're now married. Um, I oh. think that should definitely happen. Scriptwriters, Lord Ke- Lord Kerry, um, if you're listening, 
please make that happen. Um, who else did we have? Um, Alex Leap said zombie apocalypse. And now hold that thought because we'll come back to that one. Um, Chris Bowles Acre said Lillian or Justin will say no at the altar. There still needs to be a Christmas wedding. So anti-Chris and Jim Lloyd is my prediction. He wants to rescue her from a life of penury and they can do crosswords for the rest of their lives. Um, now, I can't see Jim with anti-cardboard, to be honest with you. I, I, to be honest with you, no offence, anti-cardboard, but I think <laughs> Jim could do better. Um, but the um, the winner... Oh, oh yeah, sorry, Joe Heeson, I just want to mention this one. I think Lillian and Justin will get back together, but the morning after the wedding uh, night, before... Uh, the morning after the wedding night... Um, Lils will accidentally call Justin Tiger, and that will be the cliffhanger. Yeah, that would be a proper, proper EastEnders. Doom, 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 wouldn't it? Um, So, yeah, but we have a winner. We have a winner of a Christmas prediction so far. Candida Beeching said, Pip will discover she's pregnant. Absolutely on the money, Candida. You got it right. She is indeed up the clangor as we knew by the end of the week um also on the forum we've had a similar kind of thing predictions for 2018 and i've got to read this one out in full because i think kiwi listener on the forum you have nailed the archers um this is uh, their predictions 2018 there will be a brief mention of some tangential matter resulting in cries of what was that all about? There will be at least two in-depth storylines resulting in cries of this is getting boring. There will be at least two storylines that are over quickly resulting in cries of that was a missed opportunity to explore this important issue. Also, someone will get pregnant. Someone dies. Someone leaves the village never to return. Someone new arrives. Will they stay? There is a village fate, the Flower and Produce show, and a Christmas panto. Will and Ed will fight. There will be cricket. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. I think you've summed the uh, the archers up there. Um, also on the forum, just whilst I mention it, we've got some st- bit of an ongoing discussion about uh, Brookfield milking technology. Yes, actual farming talk clacks some people. Um, and a continuing thing about the panto, because, of course, now Lindy Botters uh, has stepped in, as we always knew she would. Um, and just to finish off with, um, inspired by a post by Alex Leach, um, we had a post about if there was a zombie zombie apocalypse in um ambridge who would survive well this got quite a few comments but i think there's a few that um um that really caught my eye judith lawrence you made me spit my tea out of my nose with this one you said linda would survive because she would take control of all of the zombies and have them all behaving she might even recruit them for the next panto yes (laughs) tom williams said joe would survive because he's probably immortal yeah he's not kind of going anywhere yet by the looks of him um um, who else? Um, oh, yeah, Claire Easter said, Kathy and Jamie, but we just wouldn't hear anything about it. Um, and C. <laughs> Rowan Jones said, Jazza will wade into the fight aided by Professor Jimmis' knowledge of zombie law. Do you know what? I think that right there, that right there is uh, is the Archer's spin-off that we need. Zombies and Ambridge with Jim and Jazza fighting them. I'd so watch or listen to that. Anyway, that's it. That's the social media roundup for the 200th episode. Um, so we'll see you on the forums. Uh, next week, you've got my lovely compatriot, um, Millie Bell, who'll be doing the social media roundup. So for me, that's all. And goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Bear. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Luce, uh, why don't you yeah. uh, scuttle through those tweets of the last seven days? Okay. Uh, Jam Spangle. Uh, was doing impression of Emma shouting at the school gate, Kira, Kira, I'm over here, sweetheart. Mummy, the parish councillor is over here. <laughs> uh, Jude Aldridge. I don't know where this came from, but it made me laugh. If you can solve the bunting, you can solve Matt's attempted murder. Once a criminal gets away with bunting, they're bound to kill. I've seen the films. <laughs> Uh, Franklin Habit, you know who in Ambridge should have a baby? Nobody. Nobody in Ambridge should have a baby. Not ready. Zip up. Stop it. Round of applause for that one. I agree. Yep. Yep. 
Eric Rose. I only missed two nights while I was away and Pip goes and gets pregnant. No wonder Ruth and David want her closer to home. And Bob Hawkins, this is Tweet of the Week. Uh, Bob Hawkins, who just put, let's make hunting for bunting Christmas number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, that, that, that's very good. Oh, very, very good indeed. Very, very good. Mm. Uh, so... It, it hasn't quite been the 200th episode that we all thought. No. Not really, no. Mm. No. But then, Royfield, when has this show ever, this podcast, ever been done what, what we were expecting it, it to be? That, that's... Not even what we... Sometimes things yes. have gone much better than we hoped. <laughs> like the fact that we're, do, we're still doing it 200 episodes in. Mm. When I thought, to be honest, we were, go- we were looking at six tops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... You know, and and sometimes things they don't go wrong; they just go different. I think that's the best way to describe. No, it. today went wrong, Luce. Right? It, okay. <laughs> today, today, today went wrong. We had people queued up to hear us live. We had Headley, we had big, you know, uh, actor signing. You know, we, we had to speak. the amount of negotiations had to do with her agent to get her on here was just ridiculous. Right? And the bag of Luca that had to be handed over. I was going to say, I don't know where the money's coming from either, but anyway. Well, they, well, we'll hmm. take it out. Of, it's fine, fine, fine. We'll what, take it out that? of Robert's Sorry. Christmas bonus. Just <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> I tell you one thing in the, in the 200 episodes. One, one thing I was pleasantly surprised by was the, the, the first show that uh, Mr. Robert Wilson did. You, you were all right, mate. You were good. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, I've got years of experience of showing off in front of a microphone or behind a microphone, whatever. But, you know, I'd say, what well, I've been doing this for about six months now, haven't I? And, um, oh, should I get all teary-eyed about this? But yeah. do you know what? It's an absolute pleasure and an honour to do this. And it's one of the most important things I do every week, every other week. And I think I'd be a bit lost without it sometimes. It's just, it's a wonderful community to be part of. And long may it continue. And I've made mm. two new friends as well. Who are um, they? Well, well, six new friends. There were all those Dutch women we met the other week. <laughs> <laughs> I have a reputation to maintain. I've... You do. Uh, while, whilst we're on uh, the community of listeners and making friends, I think it's maybe uh, an apt time for us to run through the amount of contributors that we've had in the last three months, because um, you won't be aware of this, Lucy, but I did say this to Robert uh, just before we did the show. Um, So I've gone back for the last three months and found everybody that's contributed to us either on Patreon or on PayPal. And it was many more people than I actually realised. So um, I'd just like to take this time uh, to thank you. And we're going to read out your names. This is a bit of a long list, folks. uh, But uh, without your sterling help, uh, there'd kind of be no show, really. Alison Kirby. Alison Fahey. Alison Hartley. Amanda Hart. Amy Norris. Amy Ross. Andrew Horn. Hello, Andrew. Andy Andy, Andy Bent. Angela Barnes. Hello, Angela. (laughs) Get well soon, Angela. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, and, yes. And Charles. Uh, Anna Bradbury. Babs Bryo. Barbara Wiseman. Bernadette Maguire. Bronwyn Wood. Candida Beeching. Chris Aker. Christine Gill. Claire Asprey. Claire Page. Daniel Mayram. David Wright. David Martin. Denise Tomlinson. Hello, Dusty. Dennis Garrow. Di, Di Middleton. Hello, Di. I've met her as well. Doug Font. That's your sea dog chap, isn't it? It is. Salty sea dog. Ed Price. Flo Roberts. Genevieve Gorski-Parker. Gina Charlesworth. Glyn Fullerlove. Hello, Glyn. Helen Palmer. Helen Finlayson. Ian and Sandra Griffin. Thank you. Jacqueline Bertho. Hello, Jacqueline. James Moores. Jan Mitchell. Janice Pope. Jean Rose. Auntie Jean. Jennifer Reba. Jill Abrams. Kate Pemberton. Kathleen Anstey. Katrina Wilson. Laura Cook. Lorelai. Laurie Dudley. Lonnie Bahar. Hello L- with the spoon. Luke Hannington. Magic at Mungo's. Martine. Matthew Warren. Maureen Freiberger. 
Melanie Matthews. Mary Gillespie. Monique Robinette, Morgan Johnson, Nancy Dickey, Nigel Massey, Nina White, Norman Driscoll, Pamela Stanworth, Patricia Hanavan, Patrick Cody, Peter Sturck, Polly Barker, Rachel Kennedy, Rachel Thomas, Rachel Tolhurst, Rose Mario, Rosie Taylor, Ruth Pearl, Sally Wood, Sally Hodgson, Sarah Evans, Sarah Bailey, Sarah Davidson, Sarah Humphreys, Sarah Harding, Sarah Hyde, Sarah Best, Sarah Passingham, Scott Matthewman, Silver Girl, Simon Pilgrim, Siobhan Wilde, Steve McGowan, Susan Bridges, Suzanne Young, Tindara Sedoti McNary, Vicky Cole, hello Vicky, and the lovely Yokel Bear. Now, hey, folks, thank you very much. That was a list of all the people that helped keep our little show on the road. And of course, uh, that's all people on Patreon or on PayPal. And you can join them by donating by hitting the, don- the donate button on our website, which is www.com. Or you can also go on to patreon.com to become a regular sponsor. And remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203031 That's 0203031 to leave a message. You can find us on the socials, specifically Twitter, where you can find me, Royfield and Lucy and Robert, where we are at Dumdy Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman. I can be found at Royfield and Robert is at Naked Fingers. On the book of base, why don't you just go over there, type in Dumdy Dum <laughs> and join the Yokel Bear with a spoon and Millie Bell Circus. It's a whole world of fun over there. Um, that's what. Any other parting shots, folks? Can I say something, but it'll probably make me cry. No, go on then. I I just wanted to say, um, this is my favourite thing that I do every week. It's mine too. And thank you for listening. And thank you for, especially when people say nice things about the monologue and stuff. Yeah. If I'm having a bad day, it's massively lovely. So thank you. You're going to set me off now, you silly old sod. No. <laughs> no, stop it. Um, you know, you, you know, you're super duper amazing, and I know you know it, even though you don't think it. Uh, but you are the brightest, funniest uh, person that I could could have ever have hoped to have done this with uh, Freeman. So you know, without you, there wouldn't be this massive community of dummy dummers all over the world. I went to a meetup in in Oakland the other day. And, and they said, so so what podcast do you do? And I, and I rattled through them, 10 American Presidents, Mid-Atlantic, Friday 15, uh, the stuff I do for other people. But I said, the thing that gives me the greatest amount of joy by far is Dumpty Dum. And the fact that I can be sat on the West Coast of America and uh, and say that, and it's totally heartfelt, is in large part down to you, Luce, and also to you, Mr. Robert. Thank you. And the fact that, you know... Just think about what what we've kind of helped spawn. There's been meetups in, off the top of my head, Toronto, um, Vancouver, two in San Francisco, two in New York, uh, two in Newcastle, numerous in London, two in Bristol, one in Bath, one in Oxford. And that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. Don't forget Tatmaster. Right. And... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but you know what though? It's just an amazing thing which we're all kind of kind of part of. And um, you know, uh, thank you to you, Robert. Thank you to you, Lucy, and, and thank you to yeah. you, uh, listener. Yes. And you, Roy, because uh, it was your idea, and you do it every single well, week. Well, uh, is is this now the time when I can say I can like bow out now no. after 200 and leave no. you and Robert no. to do it oh come on never 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 this never, is never. off mic now this is off mic seriously no. you two are fucking so much better than this is totally off mic you two are so much better at doing this you know when you're doing your whole chocolate thing I was going I don't have those ready anecdotes to hand I don't have them I don't have the, Roy, you, you know, I'm going anywhere, you have other stop things. It. You have, you, I'm always amazed that you just no, launch no. off into this, this analysis that I, I don't even think yeah. about. So you have an insight into yeah. it that I don't have. And we each bring something. Nah. I struggle, I, I struggle, I struggle, I struggle to, 
today to warm up well, into it because I was too busy half uh, panicking about the balls. Well, it's not surprising. If we try and do if we try and do a live one again, but, yeah, is, is it better uh, to know. try and link it into something like uh, Periscope or something, so that you just get the audio going into Periscope with a a picture? Well, but, you know, but yeah. that was the whole mm. point of doing those effing tests, and and I know that I actually haven't done anything differently. It's all just because of you know rebooting just me rebooting got head i could hear headley the one time my laptop was actually doing too much and even yeah. though it worked yesterday with with four callers yeah. and then and it worked when you and i did it and we could hear it at the other end you know so it's just you know but anyway i suppose that's the reason why you have teams of people doing this stuff and it's just not just one person running around like a headless bloody chicken and whatever so <laughs> so that other person has the bandwidth just to concentrate on getting the thing out as opposed to oh my god is the caller actually there and mm-hmm. what's the script etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway now back on mike it's like it's like lucy was saying this is my favorite thing that i do all week and i do all sorts of other bits and pieces and i go to the pub do the pub quiz but you know what it's it's getting together with with my fellow Archers fans and, and communing and just gives me something to look forward to every week. So we enjoy it almost as much as you do, or even more, I think. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, dear. Don't believe a word. She's, she's a mean-spirited old. Oh, okay. Harridan. And I want to say I want to say something else as well, and that is that I mean I I I, I met Roy Field when I had to go for go to the toilet then as well in 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 a bar in San Francisco and we hit it off straight away and I knew that I didn't I I was a bit a bit wary I mean he was an hour late for a start but um and I was in a dodgy part of town and I just thought you know oh God what if I can't talk We've got nothing to share but we hit it off straight away and. I knew we were going to be friends from then on, and and Lucy too. Just Lucy, you've off off mic. You've um, talked me through some difficult times in my life over the last three or four months, oh. and now I'm going to cry. Thank oh, you very God. much. I love you both this very is much. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's just it's very uh, much the end isn't it and uh, i'll stop recording normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 